Hi, this is Christine Baukamp. In the previous chapter, we heard about God's provision at the start of the long and dangerous walk through the desert the Israelites are on to get to the promised land. Let's read Exodus chapter 17 and find out what happens on the next part of the journey. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Mirabah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Soon, Moses' arms became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, Write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder, and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they will have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Okay, well, this chapter has two very intense stories to tell us. In most Bibles, they are separated and titles are given to them. While we're being told two different stories, I think if we look closely, we can see that they have quite a bit in common. Both situations are filled with anxiety. In the first section, the lack of water brings a panic to the people, and the second tells of an unprovoked military-type attack, which, of course, would be frightening. And thankfully, in both situations, we also see God at work. He proves himself as the ultimate provider for the people. In the first half of the chapter, verses 1 through 7, it would have been nice to see the Israelites trust God for the water they needed, but instead we see, as we've heard in previous chapters, them grumbling and complaining. 
their response in their legitimate urgent circumstance was one of doubt and anger. I can think of times when my response in a stressful situation was agitated or even mean, and you know, maybe we all can. Nevertheless, um, God provided exactly what they needed. In the second half of the chapter, verses 8 through 16, the Amalekites attacked the Israelites just after God provided the water. I've read that the attack was um, sneaky because they attacked the outskirts of the camp, picking off the weakest first. And the people must have been terrified. In the end, though, we read that God provided a victory. And in both stories, we also see the staff or rod that Moses had been given at the burning bush. If you've been following along in this devotional series, you've heard it mentioned many, many times already. It had been used by God's power to provide over and over for the Israelites. Not only was it used for battles and miracles, but it became a tangible symbol of God's great power. What I find uh, most interesting in these two accounts, though, is the response from Moses. I noticed that uh, in the story from, about the water from the rock, Moses responded to the people and to God, just as he had in the previous chapters. You know, uh, a problem would arise, Moses would go to the Lord, Moses questions, argues, complains, or sometimes even approaches God with what looks like a bad attitude. God, in his response, is gracious in his patience and in his answers. But here, like here is where it gets interesting. Did you notice that when the Amalekites attacked, Moses did not rush to God and ask him what he was going to do about it. He didn't go and ask, what should I do? How will you provide? There was not that back and forth between them this time. Moses didn't look for the assurance that he usually needed before taking action. Do you see it? I mean, for the first time, Moses, in full trust, commanded the army. In full trust, marched up to the hill, bringing Aaron and her with him, him, and in full trust, lifted that rod with his hands held high to God. He confidently appealed and praised God in a posture of full surrender. His body became an expression of his heart. He knew in faith what to do this time. He was a changed man. This was the action of a man that was growing in the confidence of his identity in God, someone who's been learning and growing and becoming faithful. You know, in the New Testament portion of the Bible, some of the writers looked back at Moses and called him one of the fathers of faith. There have been many times in my life, even after I was saved, when my reaction to a problem was like the Israelites, angry, complaining, causing everyone around me to get stressed out and maybe even demanding someone else solve my problem. Then there were other times when I was like Moses. I believed in God and knew Jesus had saved my life, but I wasn't trusting yet. I would sit and question God in a way that was testing him, asking him to prove himself to me with relief from my situation, probably a bad situation that I had created. 
But then I see Moses on the hill, and I hope that as each day passes, I become more like him in his trust, that when problems come up, and they will, that never changes no matter what. When troubles come, I want to stand on a hill, remember the power and the will of God, the faithfulness he has towards me, and lift my hands in praise and appeal. This changed woman is always changing hopefully for the better. Please um, know that going to God with your questions and worries, it's not a bad thing and it's not the point here. God welcomes all your concerns and cares about them. What we are seeing here though is the change that Moses is going through as he learns to trust God more and more. So what about you? Where do you think you are on your journey of learning to trust Jesus? Have you seen yourself somewhere in this story today? If you have, are you satisfied with where you are or are there steps you can take towards where you would like to be? Or maybe you're just beginning to follow Jesus and you want to know more about what it means to surrender to God. If you haven't had a life-changing encounter with Jesus yet, would you like to? If you need help in learning how to move forward in your faith, no matter where you stand today, please reach out and talk to someone who can either help or point you to someone who can. Let's pray. Jesus, we lift up your holy name as our Savior and our Redeemer, the one who provides, the one who is faithful even when we are not. Thank you for your love and patience as we grow closer to you and grow more like you. I pray, Father, that today anyone who wants a life-changing encounter with you would feel your power right now. Shower us with your love, Father, and begin to renew our hearts and our minds and help us with strength and courage to keep moving forward in our journey with you. We bless you and we praise you and we ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Have a great day.